0: Bishop Huggins, as you know, is our dear friend, and he has been such a blessing to my life. And when you came into town and you said you were available, and I said, Come, and you did, and you're here, and we're thrilled, and I'm going to get out of the way. So bring the heat. Let's welcome Bishop Huggins. And bless you. For another expression of your goodness and grace, and we ask now that as we prepare to share this word with your people, that you would grant to us teaching clarity, that you would anoint these lips of clay and give your people ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We give you praise for this golden opportunity and we'll give you all the glory and we'll trust you that this word will not return void. In Jesus' name, Amen. Why don't you give God a hand of praise in this house? Amen. I am so excited to be in this gorgeous sanctuary. I I walked through during the time of preparation, and I could not wait to holler in this place, amen and to and to share with you the Word of God, this is just such a remarkable accomplishment, such uh, a miraculous blessing to this church and ministry and this pastor it's been so faithful and so committed so driven by the passion of ministry and love for God's people and the desire to do something great for the kingdom of God. And you ought to be glad to have a pastor with that kind of vision and passion. Would you give your pastor a hand of love? Amen. It is a joy to be here. Uh, There's a mantra that I've lived by. I'd rather attempt something great and fail than do nothing and succeed. Yeah. Amen. And certainly, we give God praise for what God has wrought through this great ministry. I'm happy to be back in California, uh, especially to uh, spend some time with my wife who's here tonight. Wave your hand, Miss Tony. They know who you be. Amen. We're- and uh, we have a full schedule. Uh, as you know, I'm in a new pastorate uh, at the St. James Missionary Baptist Church of Wichita, Kansas. And uh, back where I started over 30 years ago, and uh, God has opened up a great door there, and I'm excited. God is already blessing and adding to the church, and uh, much of what we've been able to uh Accomplished So far and to uh, enjoy uh, has been largely because during the years, uh, during the months of evangelism, I received such wonderful support from friends like Pastor McCoy and the Godspeak Church. And so we give God praise for you. Happy to have uh, my partners. They're no longer members. They are my partners. Amen uh, of, uh, of mine in ministry, Reverend Ross and sister Ross and little miss, oh, uh, miss teenage Kayla and, uh, my brother and my friend, the whiteheads and my deacon, uh, deacon, uh, uh, Jimmy, we give God praise for you for being here tonight. Amen. Let's go to the word of... Now, uh, I know Duane is going to sing when I finish. Amen. He, uh, he, he has... Brother Whitehead has to sing before I finish tonight. So he's not going to get away that easy. And... Uh, but would you do me a favor and uh, just give God praise for uh, the music ministry of Little Richard. I, I, I mean, Michael McCurtis. Give him... <laughs> I wanted to come to Thousand Oaks. I I wanted to speak to this community. Uh, The fires and the massacre all over the television, all over the news. And so many of the people of Wichita inquired about, did I know anyone Affected by the disasters. And uh, I was proud but yet painfully aware that um, my friend, Pastor McCoy, and Godspeak, and the people of this community were directly affected by those atrocities. And it was a, it was a very sobering moment for me. And um, and as I prepare to share with you tonight, um, I, I want to share a very serious word with you. And um, hopefully, by the time we finish this, this lesson, we'll understand that uh, God is a God of balance. And that for every tragedy, he allows us to enjoy triumph for every pain He gives us pleasure, and for every sorrow, he brings joy. And um, so if you would, go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And I want to start reading at verse 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore shall they have share in anything under the sun. Go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for God has already accepted your works. Let your garments always be white and let your head lack no oil. Live joyfully with the wife whom you've loved all the days of your vain life which he has given you under the sun. All your days of vanity for that is your portion in life. And in the labor which you have performed under the sun, whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all may god bless the reading hearing of his word a melancholy word a melancholy mood a melancholy scenario we see in this series of scriptures solomon is at the end of his life he's an old man now he writes the book of songs of solomon In his early years, when he's vibrant and ambitious, he's excited, he's in love, and he's in love with a lot of ladies. (laughs) He writes uh, the book of Proverbs because he gains wisdom as he gets older. But here in the book of Ecclesiastes, he's he's acquired everything that any man could and would ever want by the time he writes this book he he's introspective and he's retrospective as well as introspective he's contemplative now he's he's an old man he can't he can't run like he used to he, he can't he can't uh do all the things that he did when he was in his 20s and 30s his activities have now diminished his energy level is diminished. His his strength is no longer what it used to be. He he he's an old man now, and he has more time to think and process and 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 really prioritize what's important. Because there's something about living uh, in your forties and thirties. In your early years, you're, you're 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 ambitious. Our young people are filled with hope and aspirations. But but now, the Solomon has settled and he's accomplished everything that he's ever wanted to accomplish. And he's able to properly evaluate life. He he learns lessons now. He, he learns that uh, that uh, you can acquire everything you could have ever dreamt. You could uh, accomplish the world and he's literally on the throne. He's overseeing a nation that has the blessed privilege of any politician. Every politician I know wants to reign over prosperity and peace simultaneously. He 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 has accomplished that. He, he, he's accomplished uh, the, 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 the unique and uh, creative manner in which he has made friends. Uh, his his enemies are now his friends. He he's able to negotiate peace with his neighboring countrymen. He's he's now uh, at a point where everybody has become uh, endowed and, and awed and oohed and wowed by his success. Uh, Queen of Sheba comes to uh, Solomon's kingdom and Solomon shows him around, and and she's so wowed by what he has accomplished, she leaves by testifying that the half had never been told. And now, as he reflects back upon his life, he understands certain things. He understands that you can acquire riches and fame and wealth, and you can accumulate and accrue so much money. And the reality is that (laughs) you have the distinct possibility of leaving it to a fool. You, You can acquire health in your early years only to find that in your early years you have health and no wealth. But in your elderly years you have wealth and no health. Uh, life can be treacherous, um, you become successful, and um, find out, Pastor Rob, that you acquire true enemies and false friends. It's, it, it's, it's a very sobering, sobering dynamic that he, he deals with. He's, he's in a melancholy mood now. Uh, he 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 sees, and he now understands that he has more days behind him than he has ahead of him. And and now, as he wants to bring some reality back to his success, he pins these words, and and he and he shares with us. After accruing everything, he says that life is vanity, vanity, is all is vanities. it's all empty, it's, 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 it's void, it's vacuous, it's meaningless. Uh, all that I have acquired and all that I have accomplished has left me empty. Have you ever felt a certain sense of depression when you should be excited? You finally get that coveted degree you've been working on. You, 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 you get that doctorate. You, 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 you've been toiling and sweating. And when you finally get it, there's, there's this strange sense of emptiness in your soul. Because when it's all said and done, life is not about the abundance of things that you possess. You understand that without Christ, you can have everything, but without a healthy and whole and healthy relationship with Christ, it means nothing. Hallelujah! And so, in this seventh, in this ninth chapter, he 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 talks about. Some things that should be priority, he talks about some things that that um, perhaps if we would uh, contemplate it would help us to experience authentic joy while balancing that authentic joy with the reality. Of life I, and I, I want to talk I, I just want to give you a reality check and I look at somebody and tell them we need a reality check notice what he says verse 5 for the living know that they will die the dead know nothing listen life teaches us that there are parameters to life that 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 um that no matter how well you live or how how long you desire to live and enjoy everything that you've accrued and acquired uh, the time brings about a change that that there is an end to everything uh every sports team every superstar every one who experiences some level of success can only ride on that success for a season. Uh, I, I enjoyed my time at the St. Paul Church. We, we, we had I'm, I'm telling you, we had fun. Amen. We had a great time. I mean, no, the, the things that we were able to accomplish and, and with the limited resources we had available to us was, 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 was a miracle from God. But one of the things that has brought me peace of mind is that is that God will allow you to enjoy whatever success You desire for a certain season, and when that season is over, it is over. There's no need of becoming angry, no need of becoming cynical, no need of being frustrated. When the time is over, when God says, this parameter of your success and your life and your living is over, we must accept what God allows. When it's all said and done, we have 70 years to live. The Bible says we've been promised three score and 10, 70. Uh, the Bible lets us know that 70, we have become successful with respect to how long our life span has been given to us. Half of 70 is, it's like a basketball game. Look at somebody saying life's like a basketball game. Yeah, yes. First quarter, 17 and a half. Second quarter, 35. By the time you're 35, it's halftime. So my young friends over on my left, think you got the world in the jug and the stop in your pocket when you're 35. It's halftime. 52 third quarter 70 game is over everything over 70 is overtime come on now it's overtime do I have any overtimers in the house Uh, amen and you ought to give God praise because I watched a football game Monday night and I think that I think it was the was it the Steelers no no it wasn't the Steelers The Chargers won the game in overtime. (laughs) You can live your life. And by the time you get seventy and above, it's over. Time. All I'm trying to say is there are parameters from your teachable teens, your tender twenties, your tireless thirties, your fiery forties, your forceful fifties, and serious sixties and sacred seventies. And <gasps> over time, takes you to your aching eighties and your nebulous nineties and hallelujah, one hundreds. But when it's all said and done, life has parameters, and that's why you've got to make the most of your life while you're living. Amen amen amen. He says no the living they shall die. But notice what he says in verse 6. He says he says their love and their hatred and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have anything, nevermore will they have a share in anything under the sun. The problems of life becomes less painful. When you know that you can carry feelings about a person, and when they die, it doesn't make a difference. President Bush was celebrated today. We loved him. His character was impeccable. His 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 passion for this country was uh, measured. But when it was all said and done, his enemies and his friends had to respect him. But you know what? Everybody had an opinion and everybody had a feeling about what he accomplished or what he did not accomplish. But at this point, President Bush doesn't even care. It, it 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 really doesn't matter uh, by the time god takes us from from time to eternity it really doesn't matter and that's why you can spend your life and measure your success based on who likes you and who loves you and and who hates you live your life by principle knowing that because you have parameters God will give you a reward by the principles you live by and by the productive of your life, because I, I, I want to hear the Lord say, I want to hear the Lord say, "Well done, not oh well." <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a melancholy dynamic. When you see that that all that you do, you, 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 you get to a point where it won't make a difference. Notice what he says in verse number seven. He says, because life has parameters... And because there are problems in life that that you have to deal with in in a a very mature way and and deal with it with respect to time and and, and do what it is that God has called you to do without worrying about who likes you, who loves you, who envies you, who hates you. You get to a point now, verse number number eight, if you're going to be all that God wants you to be and, and your life becomes as productive as it should, Good he says in verse number 7, so go eat and 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 go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for God has already accepted your works. Listen, let me tell you something. If, 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 if you get to a place in your life where you make a conscious decision that you're going to enjoy your life because you don't know how long you're going to be here, God is going to give you the joy that you deserve. I believe that if you get to a place in your life where you make a volitional decision that no matter what happens, no matter who loves me, no matter who hates me, no matter what transpires in my life, no matter what ups and downs that I have to deal with, you have to make a decision to live your life with joy. Amen, amen, amen. Drink your wine. One thing I love about your pastor, he knows where all of the best restaurants in Thousand Oaks are. (laughs) Learn how to enjoy life. Just because you are a Christian does not mean That you have to sit up looking like day before yesterday. Amen. Have you ever seen Christians, church folks, so stiff and staunch and trying to be sophisticated? and sedate and sedity and serene can never smile the devil is a liar life is too short amen to go around sad and sad looking amen learn 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 how to laugh sometimes sometimes just laugh at just. amen amen don't don't allow the enemy to cause you to take yourself so serious. He says, eat your bread, drink your wine with joy, for God has already accepted your works. Somebody help me say pleasure. Now no, notice what he says. He, 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 then he goes on to say, watch this, for God has already accepted your Let your garments always be white. And let your head lack no oil. And I'm almost done. Notice what he says here. He says, prioritize life by understanding parameters, handling problems, enjoying the pleasures of life. But in verse number eight, he says, let your garments always be white. He says, make sure that there is purity That there is purity of heart. Don't allow the enemy. Watch this. Don't allow the enemy to allow your pleasure to be at the expense of somebody else. You can't allow the enemy to, to, to soil your spirit and, and, and allow hatred and and pride and and arrogance and, and the vile sense of 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 sin to, to complicate your life. One of the things that keeps life Joyful is when you can live your life with a pure heart and a pure spirit. Whatever happened to people whose motives are pure and, and, and they have no hidden agenda or utilitarian purpose. They 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 Their they, yay is yay and their nay is nay. I'm here to tell you that if you're going to have the ability to enjoy life and live life of joy, Ask God to give you a pure heart. Keep your garments white. Keep your garments pure. Notice what else he says here. He says, let your garments always be white. Let your head lack no oil. Verse number nine, live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your life. He has given you under the sun all your days of vanity for this is your portion and and the labor which you have performed under the sun. Live life with passion. Live life with passion. God has given every person in this room someone that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. See, I told the members of, of my new congregation said, you talk about me. I'm cool. You know, dog me out. I'm good with that. But if you say something about Tony, you're going to see a side of me that you don't want to see. There comes a time when something ought to invoke passion in you 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 ought to have enough love in you that, that, that how is it that people can go through life without having passion about someone there has to be someone in your life that you have enough passion about to respond and to make a difference in your life because of your passion for them hallelujah I'm done. Notice one last thing, and, and then I'm going to let you go. Watch, watch this. He says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Uh, perform work. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. Now, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not given to the swift, no the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, riches of men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. These dynamics that we mentioned in this series of scriptures come to a climax when he says all of these virtues must. Be seen and, and experienced in your persistence. Somebody help me say persistence. Consistently, with persistence. Have passion with consistency and persistence. Show your purity with persistence and consistency. Show that that there's purity to your spirit and and, and that all of these virtues are, are, are not things that just hit and miss in your existence that 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 you're consistently loving, you're consistently passionate, you're consistently You're consistently loving. You're consistently aware that tomorrow could be the end. When you're consistent, you will live your life with a sense of persistence and consistency and and, and pause. And Solomon says that when you embrace those realities, that you'll be cognizant of the fact that the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. There are some things that if they are in your spirit and in your, they're part of your character, that you can do it until you die. I'm going to say that again. You can't fake these virtues very long. You, you, you can't live a life of hypocrisy for any length of time. Paul, Solomon is saying, one of the, one of the important things in life, and if you're going to be real and authentic and pure, that, that, that if you, if you, if you do it consistent and persistent, that it's not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Listen, what I love about Pure and authentic Christianity is that you can have a friend and know exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to treat you, how they're going to respond to adversity. You ought to be able to predict because they are persistent and they're not running a sprint and stopping and and you got to wonder what page they're on. One of the reasons why, and I'm done. One of the reasons why Rob McCoy and Broderick Huggins been friends for the last f- five years and, and there hasn't been a dip even though I'm a Democrat and he's a Republican, I'm, I'm, I'm black as night and he's white as day. <laughs> Had to get him back for that one. One of the reasons why this relationship has survived. Watch this. It survived even the ugliness in our political discourse. We've been able to maintain our friendship and our respect and our love over these years because there is a Purity in his spirit. And I believe that there's a purity in mind because you can't fake faithfulness. You can't fake love. You can't fake these virtues. They, they must be consistent. And so Solomon said, if you're going to live a life and and, and exchange the melancholiness of life and, and and get to a place where you can experience the authentic joy of the Lord. Keep being consistent because you're not going to get there rushing and and being up today and down tomorrow. God will give you adequate time to show that your life makes a difference. He will give you a time and give you a chance to be all that he wants you to be. And then when you express all that God has placed in you, Solomon, Solomon died never got a chance to experience authentic joy because he died before Jesus came but while Solomon died with all of these questions, with all of these ambiguities, the Bible lets us know that he died one of the greatest kings of ever but he could not give you and I the joy that the lord jesus christ promise because jesus comes the greatest king that ever lived the king of kings the lord of lords the prince of peace and he gives us the joy of the lord everlasting he is the joy of our salvation hallelujah